Welcome to the Valerie King Show. I am your host, Valerie King. And today, my special guest is a fundraising auctioneer with Raising Paddles, Scott Jones. I've known for several years now. And honestly, you guys, he is a riot and a half. I am so excited to have him on today. Welcome, Scott. How you been? Thank you so much, Valerie. Um, I've been great. Uh, excited to be here and honored to be uh, somebody special uh, as your special guest. So thank you for having me and um, happy to be a part of uh, this, uh, this lovely, lively show. Thank you so much. Joining us today, you're in El Paso, is that right, today? I am in El Paso today. But you are like this traveling, you're, you're a traveling whirlwind, and I can only yeah, imagine what that looks like these days. <laughs> Hard. Yeah, well, I was in San Bernardino this uh, past weekend uh, for an event. So uh, 62 cities last year doing fundraising um, events. So definitely a traveler. But little change well, since COVID-19. I was going to say, that's got to be hard. That's got to be different. And I want to talk about what that looks like for organizations that still have targets that they want to meet and, and, and they need your services and your skills and what that's going to look like. But let's first talk about how you, how you found your way into this space of, of auctioneering. And let's talk about where, where that has gone and, and all about um, your, your venture right now. So how did you wind your way into auctioneering? Where was that interest generated from? Uh, so I grew up in rural Virginia where auctioneering was a kind of way of life. You went to the auction on Saturday and church on Sunday and uh, you uh, you were more scared of the of the auctioneer than you were the preacher. But it was just it was just a, a, a way of life entertainment. So uh, experience uh, historically uh, my entire life. Um, never saw it as a career choice. I was uh, in education and administration and, and, and the public school systems and just was not happy. And a friend said, hey, uh, back in about 2003, he said, hey, why don't you become an auctioneer? You love going to auctions, you love it. So uh, uh, from that statement or that suggestion until now, I've done nothing but um, made my career as an auctioneer. Uh, so, and then obviously there's different levels and, and different uh, varieties or spaces for auctioneers. And right now I'm focusing specifically on fundraising events, helping nonprofits uh, raise as much money as possible through special events and, and fundraising advice. Oh, this, that, and that is an incredible space to be in. I actually got to witness one of those. I'm in Boise and uh, got to see one of those in person last September. So almost a year ago and it's mind blowing and it helps. It, it just makes your heart happy to be there being one that gets to help not necessarily be in front of the room, but to help a nonprofit be able to reach goals that they have in order to improve the community around them. It's so amazing. And I love it that that's a, a big space that you've been in. Um, Outside, I mean, but I'm, I am curious. So outside of the nonprofit space, you said that you've done all different sorts and sizes of auctioneering that way. What are some other that what are some other avenues of auctioneering that you have done that kind of opened your eyes in a different way? Out of, I'm just just curious. Just uh, asking. I, I, because of living in, in, in rural Virginia, uh, my first experience in the auction world was selling livestock cows and goats and pigs and horses and those kind of things. So, uh, yeah, the four-legged friends. And uh, from there, I moved into the personal property, which most people identify auctioneers with as selling grandma's stuff or, you know, selling 
you know, like I've sold Wyatt Earps guns and, you know, the Christie's and the Sotheby's things, the really fancy high-end auction stuff. Uh, and from there, I went into real estate. And for about uh, 12 years, I specifically sold um, estates that uh, provided real estate sales and and uh, and then transitioned into this philanthropic position I am now in the fundraising world. That's amazing. So how did you find what 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 channeled that drive into the the philanthropy end of it? And what kinds of things have you seen in that space? Tell me a little tell me some stories about things that you've witnessed through the nonprofit sector in auctioneering. I'd love to hear a few of those. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a cancer survivor. Four years as of this June, uh, you waiting for that five year. Um, but, um, you know, the, the fundraising world provided a space for the auctioneer to not only have that, that wonderful gift that everybody asks you to do, sitting on the plane or sitting in a restaurant, can you, you, know, can you do it for me, you talk so fast, uh, along with uh, the opportunity to really be uh, that business uh, advocate where you can coach, advise, and consult uh, and then bring all of that together in a single event uh, where you create tons of energy. Uh, you get to see individuals compete and give uh, from the heart instead of battle for the, being the top winner of a specifically hot item or, or you know, grandma sofa, those kind of things. So it just it, it took all of the years and all of the spaces of auctioneering that I've done for almost 20 years. And it brought all of that together uh, in, one, in one significant um uh, effort. So it's it's really exciting uh, to see the change uh, that you're making in the world. And with every one of the events that I participate in, we call ourselves world changers uh, because just just being associated with the nonprofit world in itself, uh, it's it's a do good world. It is it is it is meant to help and change the lives uh, for so many individuals. And that's that's really the blessing of it all. <clears throat> wow, I agree with you completely. The The opportunity that I had last September, she actually was a guest that we've had on the show previously several months ago, and it was for a, a nonprofit that helps um, teens who are aging out of the foster care system. And as I was um, chatting with the founder, I, I happened to help work with her pretty closely for about a year and this was last year and and over and over again she was like you know this fundraiser that we have every year is a huge part of our funding it's a really big deal and so as they're i mean that that particular nonprofit they actually house these kids that are trying to um that, that basically aged out of foster care and didn't have anywhere to go, have no skill sets, have nothing like that. And so they were trying to provide them a home, like a, a, a real home where they could come and learn skills and, and become contributing members of the community again, you know, and it just was, it's the first nonprofit, I think, auction and fundraiser that I ever been to in that because I too came from um, more like livestock auctions. I raised sheep my 
my family are cattle ranchers and auction uh, for 4-H, especially and at the county fair and things like that was a really big deal. So that's all I knew really was was uh, livestock auctions. And it was fascinating to me and terrifying at the same time when you're holding your little lamb out there and hoping that somebody's going to buy it. from you. <laughs> It's a really different feeling. It's a completely different feeling when you're sitting there in a nonprofit and people are just trying to give and give and give the best that they can. I totally see that. Yeah, the, con- the concept shifts a little bit from the traditional auction world where, again, you're talking about having, you know, livestock or maybe it's a, a collectible of some sort. But the, the goal in the, in the traditional auction space is to find a motivated seller and uh, connect them with a motivated buyer. And so that you bring the two together and somebody wants what you have. And then you try to earn as much money as you possibly can through this competitive um, uh, market. And then the, 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 the transitional shift for the nonprofit world is, is to take a mission or a vision that has a story and then connect it with individuals that are linked to that mission or have an intimate relationship with that mission, then have an ability to give based on wealth or, uh, or the position they are financially and then provide them a moment that inspires them and compels them to give it a, at a level that's meaningful to them, to make them feel a part of, of this space of wonderful, you're talking about these teenagers, um, you know, and, and as many of these nonprofits that I work with, there's so many stories I can tell that could either bring tears to your face uh, or just bring huge smile, uh, st- my smiles to you uh, for the accomplishments and the services that you're providing individuals, such as these teenagers who otherwise may not have this opportunity in life to experience some of these adulthood um, opportunities. And so, uh, from cancer to uh, to homeless to you know battered individuals, both men and women, you know, there's all kinds of spaces. And then there's our furry friends, you know, that that uh, that we all support their livelihoods, and uh, and then just simply right down to education and medical healthcare. I mean, students now the school systems are all changing. That that whole since you and I went to school way back when, none of it is anything like that now. So having uh, funding sources such as these nonprofit events, these special events, are truly their major fundraising efforts uh, throughout the year. So to make it big and special, it's very important. 100% agree. So tell me about tell me about the the education that you had that, that led you into that that point of becoming an auctioneer. You had, you know, a lot of experience growing up in Virginia and doing that, but I happen to know that you have a very wide variety of skill sets that I believe all funnel into making you the best kind of auctioneer that is out there right now because you have seen so much of the world you've had multiple opportunities for different kinds of education can you speak a little bit to that i don't i mean you can all humble brag or just tell us dude because you are qualified like you're worthy can you tell us a bit well, about about how you that is i still part of that journey of education is I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So it's like, uh, you know, every day, every experience, every opportunity to gain knowledge uh, is powerful. And, you know, I started out wanting to become a a physical therapist. So I got a bachelor's in uh, biology and pre-med. 
Um, I certainly didn't go that route. Uh, I went into the education field and ended up with a master's in secondary education administration, which in the in the time at that moment, I was like, what the heck am I do with this now that I'm out of the education? But that certainly has positioned me to learn patience and to learn how to be empathetic and sympathetic with individuals in every kind of environment. Uh, obviously, I've had I've been a real estate broker in seven different states. Uh, that helps me in my sales uh, experience. And then being licensed in an auctioneer, uh, I've, I've conducted auctions in about 39 different states uh, in several countries. Um, and along with the education and the continuing certifications that it's taken to do that. Um, uh, right now I'm in a program called the Certified Fundraising Executive. Uh, it's an international recognized certification that uh, uh, that just allows nonprofits to understand that uh, you're the top in your business. Uh, I have a benefit auction specialist degree. Uh, there are only 300 of us in the nation carry, uh, in the world, not just a nation, it's only in the world. And then uh, a nationally um, recognized auctioneer uh, where there's only about 780 of us that have ever gone through that three-year program in Indiana University. So. Uh, education is is every year. It's, it's um, our world changes, and and just like technology, the the best practices that work today will not necessarily be best practices next year. So it's just about staying uh, staying fresh and staying updated. I'm curious about the international auctioneering. What does that look like outside of the United States? And do you have to have an interpreter? And if they're trying to interpret you speaking that quickly as an auctioneer how does that go down so it, it, it actually is two very different spaces uh, the the american way or the 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 north american way of auctioneering uh is very much what everybody is accustomed to with the fast very quick um auction chant uh, the energy, the, the, the stimulating, you got to do this now. Uh, as we move out of America, especially into Europe, uh, that style changes. It's much more of a very drawn out, very slow, correct in a very effective manner. And, you know, so as the, what's good about the fundraising space is that uh, the individuals that are participating in a fundraising event and they're participating in what we call the live auction, uh, they're not typical auction goers. They're in, in people interested in coming and having a good time and giving money. So we try to try to combine or, or meld the two. So we slow our livestock chant down or our car chant or even our real estate chant. We slow that down into a pace that it's fun, but yet understandable. Um, and as far as like, uh, language barriers. Uh, I, I'm bilingual, um, certified bilingual auctioneer, so I speak fluent Spanish and I'm able to go into those spaces uh, and can very much participate in their native language so that then if I go anywhere else, for example, I did an event in Ireland, I've done an event in Germany, I've done in the Virgin Islands. Most of those are English speaking uh, countries and so I try to so I try to stay directed towards those. My, my, my real bucket list item is to go to New Zealand and, and auction there. And, and so uh, that's that's what I want to do before this auction career ends itself. Oh man, I just got chills. I can totally see you down there. You'd kill it. Anyway, and I, I also am like the Virgin Islands, that's fancy. Like, that's really cool. Yeah. Like, can you, can you share? I'm just, I'm just a question asker, but like what kind of, what was that auction for? If so you it can was tell. for I mean, a local school. 
Boys Sport Local School um, on the, on St. John's Island, and uh, a group of us went down and we we did a lot of consulting with them, and because because of its its nature of trying to preserve the island in its most natural habitat, the goal was for the school to go completely green. Um, this is not a real uh, beautiful or kind of emotional type of sales pitch when you're trying to trying to raise money to replace light bulbs and those kind of things. So what we have to do is we have to articulate a message that appeals to the understanding of the of the of the individuals that are there to support that what is there's a real need there's a real need for conservation preservation and so uh, we went down we were in their gymnasium they decked it all out it was an old school gymnasium where the wooden bleachers pulled out and you know so it was really nice to be in, in that type of setting and we just had a really fun time there was about 650 individuals there um, and we had tons of fun raised lots of money and through those efforts we were able to actually meet their their vision of converting this entire school campus into a all green uh, uh, campus so uh, it, it got it got tons of accolades for for the efforts and, and we're happy that we were able to participate that's incredible like that's incredible and I and 650 people coming to that that's huge yeah that's a pretty that's a that's a decent size event most of our events average about 350 to 400 some of our larger events would be 1500 to 2000 those are that's probably about three percent of our events most of them are in that 500 to 700 person range and so um which now uh as we transition into the virtual space uh those numbers are we just had an event a couple weeks ago that we had over 5,000 individuals tune in uh which is unheard of uh, but without the limitations of of you know, walls, uh, the internet has allowed us to exponentially grow our viewing crowd audience. Well, yeah. So, so is that going to be the new normal, do you think for the next, for the foreseeable future? And how are you, how are you making that transition? Because th that's probably somewhat of a new space, but 5,000 people, like that's incredible. Like that's huge. Yeah, it's huge for the nonprofit. And uh, you know, one of the one of the many concepts that we uh, that we kind of coach our clients is to make sure that it's not about having the biggest number of people involved. It's about having the right number involved. So you could have fifty thousand tuned in, but if none of them are connected and inspired and compelled to give to your mission and cause, it really then becomes kind of contra. You know, it just it's it's contraproductive. So. Um, what we're still trying to do is, is to maximize the individuals that can participate, but also make sure that we include the messaging that compels them to give. So is it going to be the new norm? I certainly think that it has opened up the doors of opportunity, specifically for some of the smaller nonprofits um, and the non-GOs that, uh, you know, maybe they don't have the big budgets to hold a special event, rent space halls and those kind of things. It's, it's, it's shown them a different way to raise and maybe we can do some some hypo, you know, some what we call mini fundraisers through that. I think it's a, it's a platform that, uh, let me just say this, when COVID hit, 83% of all the nonprofits that, that are in America canceled their events for this year, um, and which is huge because as we mentioned earlier, uh, the, the funding that comes from these special events is, is crucial. It's their major source of income for many of them. Um, so once they canceled their events, their live events, uh, it's been our job to help ease them into the concept of a virtual event. In the auctioneer world, 
uh, we've always called it online auctions or we've called it a simulcast auction. So for 20 years, we've been using that methodology, whereas this is a very new to the fundraising space. Um, so is it going to be the new norm? I don't think it, I think it's a door that is open. I don't think it's going to be as soon as things open back up and we we feel that freedom of safety to get back together. Um, the human the human race in itself desires and needs what they call the walk. It's not like actually walking, but it's about having that human connection. And, you know, yeah. we've heard many people say, oh, I'm excited to go to our next virtual gala. No one ever said that. Um, but. For the first go around, I think it's a wonderful attempt and a wonderful opportunity to make sure we keep donors and keep nonprofits connected so that we can so that we can just provide them that much needed uh, support. Uh, I do think that what our next transition will be is from from both a, a live uh, component with an online presence. So what we call that a hybrid uh, virtual event where we've got, like I'm just getting ready to do one in a couple weeks. Uh, it's actually a drive-in movie um, experience gala. So people, 150 vehicles are gonna drive into an actual drive-in theater and we're gonna project uh, onto the big screen this otherwise live event. Uh, the only difference is people aren't gonna be set at tables with fancy dresses and suits and drinking wine. They'll be sitting in their cars eating popcorn and drinking soda pop and uh, we'll be raising money. It's about a, it's about a 55 minute program. Um, I'll be projecting from a studio, uh, broadcasting from a studio offsite. We'll have a live component on site taking video and then we've got a special MC from CNN that's gonna be broadcasting from another site. So now what we're doing is taking, we, we've taken now we've taken all of these different elements and, we, and we're pushing them in together very much like a newscast or, or a television broadcast. So it's, it's, been, it's been fun to be this creative. And, and, and again, it's about learning and growing and, and mending to the, to the space that you need to, to survive. And it's, it's just, it just shows us how diverse we need to be as auctioneers. I love that kind of, of shift that you're making. And that sounds like a hilariously cool event to have a drive-in and then have the screen be the thing anyway how are you connecting with with uh nonprofits that are looking for you how how do you guys find each other and how and you said before you know and it's about finding the right people in or not it's not all about the numbers it's about finding the right people that want to be involved with something like this and want to give how do you make all of those connections um how how do you all find each other what are your what's your methodology for finding each other so our our greatest success is hosting um, educational workshops where we provide a, a setting for nonprofits to just come in and learn uh, as much as they can in a day's time uh, about what it takes to be a successful fundraiser. Uh, we just completed a, um, a special event. We had 180 nonprofits tune into a virtual workshop all over the country. Uh, to find out what it takes to, to transition from the from the real life space into this virtual. Uh, so those are the connections, and and we do that through partnerships with other vendors in the in the nonprofit world uh, that uh, also have connections. And then once we make the connection with the with the nonprofit and they seek us out for our guidance and our and our advisement, uh, then we start teaching them how to actually do, connect to their donors. And part of that is is just making sure that, again that we we coach them through peer-to-peer -peer fundraising which means Valerie who do you know about this is this is peer-to-peer -peer. Valerie I, I'm having an event next week or and I'd love for you to be a part of it and because you love me and I love you you're going to come because 
we have an intimate relationship for years. We've known each other. And I know you've had a great year selling all those wonderful makeup products and body products. And so I know you're comp- I know you have the capacity to give. And you know what? I know you love sheep. And this whole thing is about shaving, saving all the little lambs that were burned out of this forest fire or whatever. So, you know, now I've got you connected. And then I said, but Valerie, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to ask 10 of your friends to come with because... I, need, I know you know friends that have the capacity to give and that love little lambs too. And you're like, yeah, absolutely. I'll just get on your phone, check LinkedIn, check your Facebook, check your social media. You go to your dentist, they're all in your mouth. You're very intimate with them. So ask these people, you know they have the money. And you know what? We're going to have the best fun, the best event. I'm going to be on stage. I'm going to have a fancy jacket on, sparkling shoes. We're going to have a great time. And you know what? We're going to change we're going to change the world for some little lambs that desperately need it and you're like look at you you're smiling already i know i've got you i know you're going to be at my event so that's pretty much the constant <laughs> and and by the way this is what our goal is our goal is to raise three hundred fifty thousand dollars. you know and there's 350 people coming so you do the math we need you to somewhat just figure out how to weigh out of those 10 people you collectively come up with a figure that you can that you feel good about so that's kind of the process in a very uh, non-formal manner, uh, but uh, it works very well, connecting the right people to the right mission. Uh, and, and then all we have to do is create what we call that emotional moment where we can, where we can pull on their heartstrings uh, and we just pull them in closer. And you know what? They say, you know what? I believe and I trust in what you're doing and we're going to give. So, uh so it, again, it's very much like auctioneering. If I'm going to sell you something, I, you need to trust that I'm selling you a product. Or I'm selling you something that you're going to be happy with once you get it home. And so it's 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 just that kind of relationship. It's relationship building, fundraising. The 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 fundamental basis of fundraising is relationship building. That should be the fundamental of just about everything. I think personally, relationship it building and connection is, is what we're wired for. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're wired for. Oh gosh. Okay. So, I would you be open to doing the words really fast for just me, and nobody else has to listen do, just for a second? I'll do some numbers. Uh, uh, your words are kind of hard, but I will do some numbers. So, so oh I'll, just, gosh, I'll, just, I'll just I'll just I'll just I'll be happy to. Um, I, I, t- before I leave in this, I was on on an airplane one day flying back, and I was sitting next, literally a brain surgeon, who you know, auctioneers probably for me have the most interesting career of all because how many auctioneers do you know? That's what I ask people. How many auctioneers do you know? Right. You know, most people know maybe if they know, they may know one or two. Some people don't know any other than what they see on storage wars. Okay, so being an auctioneer is kind of pretty special. Um, but being a brain surgeon is like, I, I don't know any. So I'm sitting on the plane and we're, you know, me, I like to talk. Can you imagine? Um, and I'm talking to this guy. He's like, yeah, I'm a brain surgeon. I'm like, oh, well, I'm an auctioneer, kind of a brain surgeon. We, you know, he goes, oh, can you do that thing for me where you talk real fast? And I said, only if you promise not to do your thing on me. <laughs> so, um, so yes. So what I'm going to offer all of your wonderful listeners that are tuned in today is I'm going to offer them an opportunity to go to Cabo San Luca. And at Cabo San Luca, you're going to be in a five-star resort, all the food, all the drink included. You're going to have your own special massage therapist. You're going to have everything, all the bells and whistles, and every dollar that you give is going to go towards 
helping little lambs live a healthier, happier, safer life. So we can get that wool for your t-shirts. Yeah, so, my lamb went so to the butcher to be eaten, just so you know. Well, we love lamb chops for too for all this. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know if I should promote that. <laughs> but anyway, I'm like, we can save them, but really somebody ate that one and it was okay. <laughs> this, is a, this is a very, very exotic and rare opportunity for you to experience with just yourself. So, all right, we're going to get the bid going at $2,500. And 25 to get 25, 25 to get 26. Now somebody get 27. And 25 to get 28. And 9, now to get 29, 3,031. And 31 to get 3,200. And 32 to get 32. 34 to get 34. Four, five and thirty five to get five five to get thirty six seven to get thirty eight you're out Valerie you're out thirty nine hundred to you you're saving your lambs for slaughter and thirty nine to get thirty nine four thousand dollars and forty five and forty five to get forty five hundred and we sold it sold it sold it to Valerie King for four thousand dollars thank you so much for your wonderful donation and your contribution to saving the little lambs. <laughs> Thank you for that. I just my face hurts from smiling so much. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Okay, well, I I am so grateful to you for sharing time with me today, and I learn a lot. Which really, when I do these talks, really is just for me. I just like to know more stuff. But I'm glad that we get to share it with a wider audience. But really, oh, thank you so much for coming. Um, if people want to get a hold of you to do a an auction, how what's the best way that they can reach you? Um, the best way to reach me, you can reach me on my email. It's scott at raisingpaddles.com that's scott at raisingpaddles.com very simple uh, and that's any style of auction even though I focus and for half of the last five years on fundraising needs I'm certainly very much a part of real estate estate special collection items anything that you got happy to uh, either myself assist you or refer you but I, I make this plea to you if you're sitting at home and you're listening and you've been connected or are connected to a nonprofit, I'll just say they need you more now than ever. Uh, if you haven't heard from them, if you don't know what's going on, reach out to them and see how you can be a part uh, and, and give. Every dollar matters. And uh, if, you, if you're part of a nonprofit and you're looking for some guidance, some, some advice on how you can increase your revenue and maybe do some, some greater donor development by finding some new donor acquisitions, I'm happy to assist you with that too. But that's Scott at RaisingPaddles.com. Scott at RaisingPaddles.com perfection sir again thanks so much and thanks to all of you who have been listening today and will continue to listen in the future this is valerie king with the valerie king show special guest today scott jones killed it hope you get to listen to this over and over again especially that last part because that is all the entertainment i need for a long while that was amazing thanks again scott and we will see you all again next week